Welcome to Stuff You Missed in History Class, a production of iHeartRadio. Hi, and welcome to our Casual Friday. I'm Tracy B. Wilson. And I'm Holly Fry. Uh, We talked about Ashoka this week. (laughs) Yes, and not once did I mention uh, Ashoka leaving the Jedi Order. Yeah, now that you mention that, I'm I'm surprised that... um, that you, the, there was no Star Wars talk. No. <laughs> nah. I also, as as we were working on this, I wondered um, when we published the episode if Star Wars fans are going to be um, lured in and then be like, they tricked me. It's not about Ashoka from Star Wars at all. Well, Star Wars Ashoka is Ahsoka. Yeah. And not Ashoka. And spelled differently. Yeah. The spellings... Listeners will not know this. Holly knows this. There are at least three spellings of Ashoka in the outline because it's spelled in a bunch of different ways. Yeah. Uh, because it is a name that, you know, is 2,000 years old from a different language. And so there are, like, different methods of of transliterating it. And and the consensus is that the H is it's pronounced with the sh sound. Um, but there are lots of different spellings. And some of the spellings could be more easily mistaken for the Star Wars character. Yes, but also that is a she. <laughs> that is also true. Um, yes, the Star Wars Ashoka is not a man. It is cool though because there are similarities between the two. You asked me while you were prepping this. Mm-hmm. I don't remember how exactly you phrased it. Like, is it known that George that the um, the Star Wars characters are named after? Indian subcontinent uh, historical figures. Yeah, I think I think the question was something like, is it intentional in the Star Wars universe that there are characters who seem to be named for ancient Indian historical figures? Yes, there are characters in the Star Wars universe named after lots of historical figures or uh, um, words from other languages that have meaning. Yeah, because someone else who has been on my list for uh, years at this point is Akbar I, um, who was another long-ago uh, historical figure on the Indian subcontinent um, whose name is spelled like Admiral Akbar, uh, but not pronounced the same way. Is it spelled the same? I don't think, I think, it, I think it, is. it is, but I'm not positive. <laughs> this is our uh, our new podcast called How Do We Spell Words? Um, Are they spelled the same <laughs> as Star Wars characters? Uh, but yes. the thing is, I don't know how much you have watched Clone Wars. I, I haven't watched much because of it. Because Ahsoka is very much driven by similar ideology okay. as Ashoka. I, there's no accident that those names are similar. Yeah. She her whole driving principle is always to like care for others. Like in the new episodes that were have just been released, we're not through this season yet. We're eight episodes in as we record this. Uh-huh. There are moments even when she says when someone needs help, you help them. That's all there is to it. Yeah. Uh and that's kind of part of what um I've spoiled things a little bit by commenting right out of the gate. Uh, it's a thing that happens to her her character. Though, to be fair, that spoiler is years old at this point. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so t- it's one of those fabulous and fascinating things. I also made a strange pop culture um, connection in my head that will make no sense probably to anyone but me, mm-hmm. having nothing to do with Star Wars, but instead Larry McMurtry's Lonesome Dove. Okay. Have you read that book? No. So as we were talking about all of these carvings of the edicts, <laughs> it made me think there is this 
item in Lonesome Dove. This whole idea is that it's ranchers out in the West uh, when that was not a settled area, and they have set up this horse stable, and they have a sign. And it's one of those things where the sign keeps getting additional things painted on it. It's long. It's like, I don't know if it was a door or if it is door-shaped, but it keeps getting additional script added to it, including a phrase in Latin and just all of these things so that people that come up to it find themselves puzzling over what the heck it's all supposed to be about. And it made me think of that when we were talking about the edicts and people not knowing how to read them (laughs) and what they were. (laughs) I cannot in good faith, like I would be disingenuous if I tried to call myself a Buddhist, but the principles of Buddhism have been really important in my life and have helped me in a lot of ways. Um, So reading uh, so much about this leader who um, like seems to have definitely had a, a, a past that would not conform to any kind of Buddhist ideology of what is correct or good. And then to try to rectify that, I just found very comforting <laughs> and soothing in in these troubled times. Yeah, it's a uh, even if we were not in these troubled times, right? There's a, a reason that this story has become important culturally to so many people. And it's like a redemption story is soothing, as you said. It's also aspirational. It makes people feel like there is always hope that they can do better in their own lives. Yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, it is especially poignant now as we struggle through a lot of a lot of difficulty and people not always being their best. Uh, but I think that's why it's so it is so persistent historically is because that's like a basic everybody needs to feel like things could get better. <laughs> yeah. So our second episode this week was on Catherine the Great, her specifically opera librettist work. Yeah. So I had seen passing reference to her having um, written opera before we got into brainstorming for this uh, this episode, but I did not know any of the detail about it. Having had more of the detail about it, there are several of them that I would like to just read all the way through uh, if I can find an English translation of them somewhere, <laughs> um, because some of them sound really delightful. I wish someone would stage them. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. I it 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 hurts my heart knowing that she got slammed by so many people for promoting the arts because yeah, people really thought it was an evidence of her frivolity. Yeah, but we need art. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's a combination of she she clearly genuinely really loved it, but then also she she really thought that being a patron of the arts and developing an artistic culture could changed the way the world viewed Russia and changed the way Russia viewed itself. It's interesting because it's so parallel to Louis XIV's ideology. Yeah, right. absolutely. I had that thought as I was working on it. Uh, and, you know, Louis being like, well, I'm going to make France the, the place of culture. France's apex culture of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was, it did have a lot of similarity to that. One thing that came up that I... Uh, I had in the outline, and I just, as I was revising it to try to make it into something cohesive, um, I just could not find a great place to put it. We, we talked about the, the f- these four empresses um, in, the, in the 18th century in Russia. One of the things that, that her son Paul, uh, as emperor, did 
was outlawed depictions of any of the monarchs in opera or other theater. And part of that was sort of still to to protect his own legacy. It was like if somebody wrote a really satirical opera that satirized Catherine the Great and raised a bunch of questions about the parentage of her children, like that was going to call to question whether he was supposed to be on the throne. Then there were just general worries about whether uh, the kinds of scandalous rumors that were spread about her, whether that was going to like fall back on him. So um, it was it was illegal to specifically um, depict the previous monarchs. And that wasn't always followed But one thing that did happen in the 18th century was that in a lot of comic opera in Russia, this um, Tsarina stock character evolved who was not specifically a past empress of Russia. It was this, you know, fictional character of the Tsarina um, who was normally a foreigner who normally had some kind of magical or supernatural powers. So a lot of times it was like a Sarina slash sorceress um, and at best was an antihero or might just be the outright villain of the work. And a lot of people have traced that stock character back to the the reaction to these four empresses, um, most of whom had either been born outside Russia or uh, educated outside Russia. So there was this whole idea that they were a foreign influence. And I'd, I thought that was a really interesting through line between the 18th century empresses of Russia and the trends that developed in comic opera. Yeah. It is such a pity to have, um, to know that her son erased so much of her legacy. Yeah. He, uh, he really did just come in and be like, I'm going to undo all this stuff that my mother did. Their relationship was it great? <laughs> um, like, uh, uh, the Empress Elizabeth had mostly raised him. He he did not really trust his mother. There was some, some indication that she maybe planned to put someone else on the throne instead of him. It just, it, uh, he, he seems to have done a lot of intentional work to try to take her legacy apart as much as possible. Oh, the intrigues. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that seems like an okay stopping point for this Friday. Yeah. Um, I hope folks are going to have, as much as possible, a restful and relaxing weekend. Starting uh, May 15th, you can watch The Great on Hulu, which was the sponsor for the second episode this week. I'm excited for that show because legitimately, outside of any sponsorship, it looks very fun. (laughs) Oh, it looks like a lot of fun. Uh, we we had already um, agreed to do it before seeing the the trailer, which in any context makes me a little nervous because, you know, TV shows and movies can go all kinds of directions. And as soon as I saw the trailer, I was like, this looks like fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm on board with this. It looks fun. And I just like the idea of something that you can just sit back and laugh at. Yes. While we are yes. living through crazy, stressful times. Mm-hmm. Yay. <laughs> Stuff You Missed in History Class is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.